It's Cookie Lab. Hi, and welcome to Cookie Lab. I'm Jill. And I'm Chris. And this week on Cookie Lab, we are continuing our exploration and investigation of shortbread type cookies. And this week will feature something special for the holidays. That's right. This is a cookie that goes by many names. I was thinking Bill. about Cinco de... <laughs> Fred? Mm -hmm. No, I was thinking about um, Cinco de Mayo and whether there was a traditional Mexican cookie I could make. And there's oh. a cookie that I love called a Mexican wedding cookie. May, oh, I, may I interrupt you? When is Cinco de yeah. Mayo, Jill? It's May 5th, oh, which is this week. Oh, is that what that means in <laughs> Spanish? You are teasing. You, you are the one who knows Spanish. Um, See. Yes, of course. And there's there's another holiday that I'll mention in the same week. In the same week as May 5th? Yeah. So let's get started. Oh, we're going to so have this, to wait. Wait, listeners. This is a cookie called by various names and has been called by various names over the years. My mother-in-law makes them at Christmas time and calls them snowballs. Sure. In popular culture, they are known alternately as Russian tea cookies and Mexican wedding cookies. But they're not from either of these places. They're from no. the Middle East, oh. where where nuts and spices were, oh, plentiful. you know, first, yeah, you cultivated or what have you. So are these ancient cookies? I believe they may be somewhat ancient. Yeah. Um, and they were brought, you know, through the through the spice roots to Europe, and then Europeans colonizing this half of the globe brought it over to. Mexico. Right. So we're talking about middle-aged cookies from the Middle East. It's a double, it's a middle-middle. Okay. Got it. If they were called at some point Russian tea cookies, then during the Cold War, people thought we didn't want anything Russian, so they just changed them to be called Mexican wedding cookies because people were making them in Mexico too. Oh. And interestingly, there is a cafe across the street from my old house that has been many different cafes in sure. the many years that I've lived here. And at one point, it was a young woman who had a bakery, and she was selling a large version of this cookie and called it the Mexican wedding cookie. And it was a big treat for me. It was like a giant mm. ball of goodness. One day I went in there and I noticed that it had been changed to be called walnut shortbread cookie. And she said she thought that it would sell better that way. So it's so interesting the way... Oh, just a marketing thing. Yeah, it's marketing people. Mm. You can call it a snowball, Mexican wedding cookie, whatever you want. It wasn't because of cultural appropriation. Maybe it should just be called nutty she, shortbread. She but. didn't change. She didn't change the name because it was inappropriate uh, and cultural appropriation. Right. She, she was a business person yeah. and wanted to sell more cookies. Interesting. And okay. Then, then that bakery went away, and something else is there now. So what are we so, calling them in this episode? I'm going to call it a Mexican wedding cookie. There is a, a Spanish name for it. Polvorones. Polvorones? Something like that. I don't have a good okay. Spanish accent. Excellent. And it is a nutty shortbread, and I used my food processor to grind up pecans. Okay. Uh, similar probably to what you did last week for the caramel thumbprint. I did the same thing, except I toasted my pecans. I did not toast them first. So I'm going off a recipe. You know when you have a family recipe that mm -hmm. people just basically tell you what to do? Yes. Um, my, my It was my sister-in-law who gave me this recipe. Uh, and her sons, my nephews, are 
big Cookie Lab listeners, so shout out to you guys, Max, Hudson, and Finn, on your way to school. Shout out. She told me how to make the cookies, and I made them. And that now means I know how to do two things with my food processor. Shred (laughs) potatoes for latkes and grind up pecans for snowball cookies. Your world is expanding. Really, Cookie Lab has brought me so much new skills. So... The interesting thing about this recipe to me was that it has more butter than I ever thought possible. Chris, there are four sticks of butter, two whole cups of butter in this recipe, and only one half a cup of sugar. Oh, that's unusual because our our usual cookies are two parts of fat, so let's say two cups of butter, Okay. and one part of sugar, so it's got half the amount of sugar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's also rolled in sugar, isn't it? Or sprinkled with sugar? It is. Or so you, you make the dough, you roll it into balls, bake them, then you roll it in powdered sugar after they're completely cooled. If you do it too soon, the warm, buttery cookie just like absorbs the powdered oh, sugar. Oh, yeah. We don't want to do that. Yeah. And then I think you have to kind of store it carefully because I had put these in a Ziploc bag and a lot of the powdered sugar came off. And then I had a mental picture of my mother-in-law's tin filled with you know wax paper Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that's a better way to store these okay Okay. but are you ready to are you ready to eat them yeah let's eat i i can't wait i can't wait to see what you think chris yeah i am a i am a shortbread skeptic skeptic i am a shortbread skeptic so let's see how this falls on my shortbread scale it's crumbly Mm, super crumbly but it's supposed to be. It is. It came out well. I was pleased. And I, and I got that poof of confection sugar mm-hmm. in my mouth. And I can taste the nuts. Glad you used pecans because some people use walnuts, I think, in this. Yeah, I mean, that's what that gal at the bakery was doing. Mm-hmm. I like the pecans. But here's my complaint about all, and this has nothing to do with your specific Mexican wedding cake cookie. I will not take it personally. I always feel as if there's just too much flour in it. Hmm. Like I taste the flour. Do you taste the flour? No. This actually has a little bit of almond flour in it. Mm. In addition to the regular gluten-free flour we Mm -hmm. use. That would give it more texture. I mean, I guess Mm -hmm. I don't mind the the flour taste. I like that this isn't super sweet. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I can drink it with a tea, with a cup of tea that has sugar in it already. It's not like a solely a black coffee cookie. And it's not as buttery. This isn't a criticism. This is just an observation. Hey, Chris, don't worry. I can take it. No, I know you can because you are <laughs> a cookie scientist. It's not as buttery as a regular shortbread either. I wonder why that would be considering it has so much butter. I had to call Alyssa to double check. <laughs> is that correct? Four sticks of butter? Does it have any baking soda in it? No baking soda and no eggs. And no baking powder. No, ba- nope. No secret leavener. No. Mm. And unlike the so nutty shortbread that you made your delicious yeah. caramel thumb salted cake, it did. They didn't spread at all. They right. remained in their ball form, which which reminds me of which is what the th- second holiday that I wanted to mention. Okay. Which is May the fourth. May the fourth be with you. The- Star Wars Day. Okay. That's the day before Which is Cinco de Mayo. The day before Cinco de Mayo. So when I was planning what to make, I thought maybe I could make some Wookiee cookies or some <gasps> Star Wars related thing. And you didn't? And 
Well, well, those recipes, I, I look, if you look online at Wookiee cookies, they're just chocolate chip cookies. So, oh. again, marketing. I thought, well, let's pretend that these beautiful beige balls are the Death Star. Oh, Death Star cookies. You can make these cookies for, for May the 4th and call them Death Star cookies. Okay. Multiple holiday cookie. They could be snowballs for Mm -hmm. the winter holidays that you Mm -hmm. celebrate. They could be Mexican wedding cakes for Cinco de Mayo. They could be Death Stars. Yeah, I mean, as far as Mexican wedding cakes go, this is this is a perfect example of a Mexican wedding cake. It loses... <laughs> Listeners, thre- it this loses is the best two- thing that Chris could possibly say about this cookie. <laughs> it loses two points because it's a shortbread. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> More for me. <laughs> but it, 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 it keeps a point. It doesn't lose a point. It keeps a point because you used pecans instead of walnuts. So it is... Um, on the shortbread scale, it's a 2.8, which is very good. <laughs> That's as high as you can go. So as we were talking about doing this, I was left wondering to myself, and I had to go into the cookie laboratory and... Make sure you put on your eye protection. Why is this cookie so different than last week's cookie, which right? was a shortbread cookie, and it's spread with no eggs. Now, did you? Yeah. Okay, so I have some questions for you. Okay, fire away. All right, we had to. You had to have done something scientific to make it stay in a ball and not spread. Dark magic. Dark magic. Science is just dark magic explained. There you go. So here's what I know: butter used a lot of butter. And butter contributes milk solids and water to a cookie, both of which soften the cookie and will make it spread. So I'm starting with this. If I just look at the ingredients, I'm starting with this very spreadable, very wet, very like if I put butter in the oven, I'm just going to get a plate of liquid. Melted butter. Yeah. Okay. So you used granulated sugar, correct? In it? Just one half cup of granulated sugar. A little bit. A little bit. But- that's a low moisture sugar. Mm-hmm. So it would... Kind of suck up the moisture yes. from the butter? Yeah. How long did you bake these for? I baked them for quite a long time, but at kind of a low temperature. Oh! My ah! hypothesis is coming together. So Okay, so Alyssa told me 325 for 25 minutes, and mm. I thought, I've never baked a cookie that low or that long. Right. So, but I, I followed it in hopes that it would come out right. So... A lower, slower bake than normal will produce a lighter cookie than a more, like a more uh, uh, crunchy cookie. So, mm-hmm. and then this is this is fairly light, as, even as far as shortbreads go, right? So, if you want your cookie to stay together and you have no leavening and you don't want it to spread, you want to bake it at a lower temperature. When you make the cookie dough, did you cream the butter and the sugar together? I did. And so that's going to make micro pockets of air in the dough. And you can even see it as you look into these cookies. There are little pockets of where the air was and where it baked off. So that's fantastic. Did you chill the dough? I'll tell you what. I did chill the dough for 15 minutes because previously um, when we began Cookie Lab months, months and months ago... It was my first time baking a lot of cookies with gluten-free flour. And again, my sister-in-law, Alyssa, who has um, some folks in her 
in her home with celiac disease and who bakes wonderful gluten-free treats um, recommended that to help improve the texture because the gluten-free flour just has a slightly grittier Mm. texture. So she's like, I always let my dough sit, you know, for at least 15 minutes to give it some time to kind of hydrate itself. Oh, interesting. Also, if you're chilling it while it sits, uh, you're solidifying all that fat and butter in the dough. Right. I thought that would be advantageous for the the ball shape. Which means that the cookies will melt slower in the heat of the oven. But that didn't happen to you because you were chilling your thumbprint dough. Yeah. And you still got some spread. Yeah. Was it how how hot? Let's see. I know we talked about this last week, but how high a temp did you do those on? 350. Oh, not that much difference. Not that much difference. And I and I bake them for a longer time as well. However, here's the difference. And I've discovered this through process of elimination. Okay. Our cookie, our classic cookie uh, ratio. Ratio? Yeah. Is two parts flour, two parts fat, one part sugar. This Mexican wedding cake cookie was four parts flour, two parts fat, and a half a part of sugar. My recipe last week was two, two, one. Okay. So it's something in the ratio. It's something in the ratio. And in my research, what I found out is that flour acts as a stabilizer, holding the molecules together with okay. the starch in so the having flour. more flour right. was helpful in Acts this case as a binder, for the shape. Right. Okay. And if you used the classic two 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 one, you would have gotten just a spread cookie. You wouldn't get that nice ball. Uh, flour contains starch, proteins, fats, minerals, and vitamins, and eat, and it's mostly starch. Rice flour, which is the main thing in our substitute in our gluten-free flour blend gluten-free yeah flour flour blend right has much more starch in it mm-hmm. than wheat flour it also has some protein and it just doesn't have gluten and so it's actually probably a better flour for these mexican wedding cakes doesn't surprise me i think the gluten-free for example brownies are are far superior to Glutinous brownies. Mm. So well, and that. But I'm glad to have that had that scientific science. explanation for why that happens. Yeah. And I know that that Max and Hudson and Finn are writing this down. Yes. So if they want to make a similar cookie with a different flavor profile, they and they want to, it to be like a ball, like a Mexican wedding cake. They could or a Death Star. And if they wanted to make it dark like a Death Star, maybe add a little cocoa powder and just a touch more sugar. Who knows? It's worth experimenting. Very good. So there we have it. Uh, Happy Cinco de Mayo, Jill. Keep your paws off my cookies, Chris. (laughs) said so sweetly. (laughs) (laughs) And we will see you next week on Cookie Lab. Bye-bye. It's Cookie Lab.